Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10. I have never preached on this, um, on this uh, verse, but I've definitely, those who know me, know a little bit about my love for what I'm going to talk about, okay? Now, before I even start and before I read, I want to give you a, um, I don't want to say a disclaimer, but an intro about something. This is going to sound like uh, the first 10 minutes of my message, I'm laying a foundation. See, I, I start slow and I crescendo I'm, because you have, to, you have to learn the beginning first to understand what I'm going to say in the middle of my message. So it's going to sound like a National Geographic lesson, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, just trust me on this one. Turn to someone and say, trust me. All right. I'm going to break down some things for you so you can under, really understand the scripture. Because if you don't, if you don't understand what I'm going to talk about from a natural perspective, hear me, you will not understand the impact that this means to us spiritually. All right? So, with that said, I want to read out of Deuteronomy 32, verse 10 through 13 in the New King James. It's going to be up there on the screens. Let's put that on the screen, guys. And the Lord uh, is talking through Moses. Just a little backdrop. If you read the chapter before, this is actually really amazing. Those of you who love Bible stuff and getting deep, the Lord told Moses, get Joshua because you're about to die. Isn't it awesome that you're so close to God that God says, I'm going to tell you when you're going to die. In, In chapter 31, read it in your own time. The Lord told Moses, okay, Moses, you've been walking with me. You're going to die. <laughs> Some encouraging news for Moses, right? But I want you to get Joshua. But then he said this. Watch this. He goes, take out a pen, Moses, hear me now, and I want you to write a song that I'm going to give you. And the song, the song is all full of judgments and warning about the children of Israel that after Moses leaves and dies, that, that the Lord says they're all going to be rebellious and turn to idolatry. What an encouraging song. I wonder what the lyrics, I mean, I know the lyrics, they're, they're here. But I wonder what the tune was like, you know. I wonder what the instrument tune was like. You know, like you're all going to die and <laughs> the judgment is coming. I'm, I'm going to die, but you guys, I mean, like, well, how did that sound, right? So I say that to preface this. This is in the middle of these, uh, read it, lyrics that God gave Moses to tell the whole people of Israel before he died. Okay? This is a prophetic word from the Lord to Moses. And in this little verses right here, God describes himself as an eagle over the children of Israel. And he describes his goodness and his faithfulness in a couple of areas that seem really weird describing the eagle. And it says this, he found him in a desert land. This is the Lord talking through Moses. He found him, by the way, another, another translation is, called, is them, okay? So if you look at the NLT translation, it says he's found them. He's talking about the children of Israel. God is speaking. He's saying, look, I found them in a desert place. Follow me now. Follow me, all right? I found the children of Israel in a desert place and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. Watch this. He encircled them or him. Everybody say encircled. Put your, in your Bible, encircled. Circle the encircled. <laughs> All right. He instructed them. Watch this. He kept them as the apple of his eye. This is God speaking through Moses. 
Listen to this. I need you to read this slowly. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, spreading out its wings. I'm going to preach this thing. Taking them up. Everybody say up. Carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him or them, and there was no foreign gods with him. In other words, I'll just, I'll just keep on reading that last verse. He made him ride in the height of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields, and he made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. I want you to see this progression. Moses uses a prophetic progression of the eagle, watch this, to describe the goodness and faithfulness of God to the people of God. You hear me? You follow me so far? So he uses the eagle to describe a progression of his goodness in three ways. And he uses the eagle to say, this is how I was with you. Watch this. You're gonna get, you have to get this. This is how I was with you during the times that you were uh, messy, the time that you were rebellious, or the time that you were good, and the, during the times you were bad. Number one. He encircled above, all right? He encircled above. In other words, there's a significance for that. Circling above means I'm always watching no matter what is happening. I'm always on alert, right? Then he says, number two, he says he encircled it, and then he goes, as an eagle stirs up, or watch this, breaks up. The boss say breaks up. The nest. Uh, wait. God is talking about the goodness of God here? Yeah, he's talking about the goodness of God. He says, as the eagle encircles and breaks up the nest, watch this, right, stirs up the nest, and he took them higher. Notice that took it, taking them higher was after the breaking of the nest. Notice that he took them higher after the nest was broken. And I want you to see this, that God is is using this analogy as an eagle to declare his goodness. So today I want to talk to you about a topic that I'm entitling. Put that up there. The blessing of the broken nest. Now listen, the blessing, some of you got quiet because you're like, what is this all about? The blessing of the broken nest. Not the whole nest. The brokenness. There's a blessing in the brokenness. Say that with me. There's a blessing. For me, in the broken nest. Now, before, again, I told you there's going to be like a National Geographic thing in the first 10 minutes, but, but I got to explain what the, the eagle does so that in the middle of my message, you could totally understand how this applies to you and I. Now, I want to say this. The, 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 the eagle, the, the female eagle is representing here, and you can write this down. It's not going to be on your notes. It represents the Holy Spirit. The father eagle in this message represents the father in heaven. And the eaglets represent us. Okay? Now, remember the first scripture. He encircled us. He stirs up the nest. Okay? The eagle is considered, look at this first slide, in scripture to describe one of the aspects of the nature of God's glory and, and uh, nature and glory. So, I'm going to read it again. The eagle is used in scripture to describe one of the aspects of the nature and God's glory. Now, why am I taking time to break this down? Because if God is describing himself as an eagle, it's good for us to know what the eagle is all about in Scripture and also in the natural. And sometimes he describes his people as eagles. 
Those who wait upon the Lord shall rise up with wings, with wings as an eagle. So it's always good. The mention of the eagle is always good. Now, and, and the, the reason why I say this is because I want you to understand that God has chosen the eagle as one of the animals to, to um, demonstrate his glory and himself. You could take that slide off of there. This, listen to me. In the book of Ezekiel and in the book of Revelation, there is mention of, glo- the, of the glory of God. The glory of God. I mean, I'm talking about the Father himself. And there's animals, there's four animals mentioned each time in Ezekiel and each time in Revelation. And each one has the image. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 1. Here it is. Here, and I'm just paraphrasing. Ezekiel chapter 1. Here's Ezekiel. And he's in this valley. And the Bible says the windows of heaven were opened up. And he begins to see a vision of God. And he begins to see this whirlwind coming out. Imagine you're in prayer, and all of a sudden you see this whirlwind, right? And there's lightnings and fire, and the Bible says there's color like amber. Whatever amber is, there's a color there, right? And the Bible says that in the midst of that whirlwind in Ezekiel chapter 1, I'm paraphrasing it. But in Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel is seeing, watch this, a vision, please hear me now, of the glory and majesty of God that he has never seen before. And he said each one had four living creatures, and each of the four living creatures had four faces. So the living creatures each had four faces. One had four faces of a man. One had four faces of a lion. One had four faces of an ox. Read it. And one of them had four faces of an eagle. Now, you look and fast forward to the book of Revelations where John the Apostle is now having a throne room experience with God. This is more important. Remember, I'm giving you a little lesson before I tell you why so you know the significance. That God attributes his nature to an eagle. Look at verse in Revelations chapter 1. Guys, if you could go there, not the whole scripture, but in Revelation chapter 1, I'll tell you what scripture to go to. Okay, uh, verse 6. Let's just start in verse 6, right? So that for, for the sake of time, right? John is having this vision. Revelation chapter 4, verse 6. Enrique, I know you love this scripture, right? Now look at this. This, this is an encounter, encounter, an encounter. Everybody say encounter. With the glory of God. Watch this. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst, John is seeing this, guys. Listen. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne, there were, uh uh-oh, here's that word again that Ezekiel saw. So I love it because it's consistent. There's some people say, I saw visions of God. And someone says, I saw visions, and they're totally different. Ezekiel, hundreds of years before, saw the same thing. Watch this. I saw four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Look at verse 7. The first living creature was like a lion. Describing the, 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 the glory, okay? The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature was like the face of a man. Look at this, guys. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. It's safe to say that God chooses an eagle to describe his nature. Why am I saying that? Because what I'm going to say in this message may um, challenge you a bit. But I need to get you your theology right that it's still the goodness of God even when God is busting up your nets. It's still the goodness of God when your nets begin to start breaking. Because remember, in this message, the female eagle represents the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. The male eagle represents the Father. Everybody say the Father. And the 
Eagles in the nest represents me. Everybody say me. Okay, because I want to come back to this because there's a hidden blessing in the broken nest. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to preach myself happy. Look at that, for that second slide. There's a hidden blessing, a hidden blessing in the broken nest. What is a nest, guys? A nest is a very, watch this, I'm, you have to hear me now. It's a very comfortable place, comfortable place. It's a very comfortable place for the eaglets and for the young, and it's necessary for the eaglets when they are born and when they're just maturing a bit. It's very necessary for baby eagles to be in their nest, but a nest was not designed for the eaglets to be there for a long time because eventually one of the main goals of the father and of the female uh, eagle was to teach them them how to fly and go higher. One of the main responsibilities is to feed them. And in the beginning, in the listen, listen, in the beginning stages of our life, there's no worry. We're in the nest and, and everything is going good and it's peaceful. And we just gave our life to the Lord and we are just happy and there's no problem. There's no trials or tribulation. You say Jesus and there's Jesus right there. And the presence of God comes and you start crying and there is no problems. There is no worry. You just got on fire for God. You just got saved. You're reading the book and the pages are coming off. The scriptures are like alive and they're hitting you like a like a sword and you're like whoa what is this and then after a while there starts getting some uncomfortableness in your life and even now and this is what I'm going to speak about today this morning because there's in, while you're in the nest there's no fear there's no worry while you're in the nest everything is cozy why because the mother makes it that way on purpose because there's a season that we need to be comforted, but then there's a season where God has to break up your nest. What's the reason he does that? So that he could teach you how to fly and go higher. So watch this. In the beginning, you know what the, the, little, uh, the, the, the female eagle does, right? She prepares the nest with these uh, real uh, nice-looking little fluffy things. I'm not going to share the picture yet. I'm going to share you a picture in a, in a second of a nest, right, of an Alaskan eagle nest. I'm going to show you that, all right? I mean, it's like a condo for, for the little e eaglets. It's real safe. It's real um, warm. And she goes through great lengths to get all these little, little uh, furry things and all these little pieces of, of soft fiber from the trees and the bark and goes through great lengths to find it just so that the eaglets can be comfortable in the beginning. Watch this now. But when the mother decides it's time to fly, notice the, the, the eaglets don't decide. <laughs> I love it. The eaglets don't decide when it's time to fly. The mother and the father, they look at each other and they say, it's time for the eaglets to fly. They've been in the nest too long. So I'm going to remove these little soft little things and these comfortable things that they're so used to in there because when I remove them, watch this now, I had to say that, remember, that I, I had to say that he reputes, uh, uh, attributes his character to an eagle. Why? Because of this process, it doesn't look like he is kind. She removes all the soft, cuddly things and now all the spiky things from the nest are poking constantly the, uh, the, the bird, the little bird, the young bird that has been in the nest now a little too long. Watch this. They've been too comfortable sitting in the chairs. 
They've been too comfortable sitting and receiving. And the Father said, it's, it's time now that we remove a little bit of that comfort. But listen, listen, a little bit of that comfort so that they could be provoked to get out of the nest and use what God has given them. They didn't even know they had wings. They don't even know they had talents at that point. They just know that their mama is feeding them all the time. And all of a sudden, they're, like, they're getting a little fatter. You know, they're getting a little stronger. They're getting a little, hey. And they're like, I still want mama to give me everything. And all of a sudden, God, the mama says, looked at the father and says, it's time. And they start removing these things. And they start prickling because they hope that the uncomfortableness will drive them out of the nest. And if they stay there, and if they stay there and complain... Because of the things that are happening in their life and they don't realize that it's actually the father and mother who's removing them, those things so that they can learn how to fly. If they don't realize that, then the mother just gently pushes the chick and the eaglets out of the nest and said one way or the other. You're going to get out this nest. But the whole time, listen, listen the whole time, it is scary for the eaglet. It is, it is scary. It's like, and this is what it means by the eagle stirring up the nest. And because this, this causes them to jump out and they're, and they're scared. They're scared. Everybody say they're scared. And they come out their nest and all of a sudden they start using, they start Getting crazy and cranky and what's going on with this? Your nest represents the season that you're in. Your nest represents the season of comfortability that you're in. Listen to this. Everybody say, my nest is my season of comfortability. But he's about to break my nest. There's a difference between having rest and being complacent. Come on, somebody. There, you, you need rest, but you can't have too much rest that you become complacent and you become stagnant because that nest becomes a place of inactivity after a while. It becomes a place of passivity after a while because all we like to do is come to church, receive, but don't ask me to volunteer. Don't ask me to serve. Don't ask me to get involved. Don't ask me to do that. I just want to, and, and listen, for a season, there's some of you that you need to be in that nest, but some of you are like five years old in the family and you're still in the nest and God is saying it's time in my love that I stir up the things around your life and stop making it so comfortable for you so that you could learn how to fly higher you've been in the same area a long time and you find yourself frustrated because you know what God is doing the father he's removing some areas of comfortability because he doesn't want you to stay in the place that you're in especially 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 if your heart has become dull with him I said especially if you come now, now watch this though but but to understand why the mother eagles does this in the first place you have to understand that she has to have a safety measure everybody say safety measure the whole reason the, the mother eaglet can actually do this is because she first has to have a safety measure. Watch this, ladies. You're going to love this. In the courting stages. Now, I'm not talking about courting today. This could go with a courting message. But listen, ladies, think of this. The, 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 the female eagle is very picky choosing her mate. Uh, come on, ladies. You should have said amen. She has, she has a set of tests. For the female, for the male eagle, while the male eagle is trying to impress, you know, look, look at my chest. And he's, and he's trying to impress the female eagle, and the female eagle is, I ain't going to have none of that. 
because I got to make sure I put a safety measure and I put you through some tests because I want to make sure that you're fast enough and strong enough to catch these baby eagles. If we ever get done, if we ever get together, I want to make sure that you're strong enough to catch the children when we push them off the nest. And so what the, what, what, what the female eagle does, she gets a stick. Some of you have heard this before, but I want to break it down. And then I'm going to get really, this is just my intro. Okay. <laughs> she gets a stick, and she flies up to 15,000 feet. She gets a large stick, right? And the whole time, <laughs> I can imagine, if they could speak, it would be hilarious conversation. He's cor- this is a courting stage, literally. According to, uh, to, to wildlife people that have studied this, so I'm not just making this up. This is what they say. She grabs a stick, and the eagle, female eagle is flying up, right? This is before the babies are born, but I just wanted to backtrack a little bit. And she grabs a stick, and the male is trying to all flirt with her, and she's like, uh-uh. And she's going like this, and she's grabbing the stick, and then she goes 15,000 feet high, and she drops the stick. <laughs> and I can imagine the male eagle going, come on, come on. And she's like, oh, oh you want me to get that? <laughs> and the male eagle swoops down. Listen, swoops down. Grabs the sticks before it hits the ground. If he does it, she keeps on doing it or else she, she denies him. Grabs the stick before it hits the ground. Brings the stick back up to her and says, look what I did. And she goes, I'm not impressed with that. You know what she does? She grabs the stick, drops it down. She grabs another stick that's heavier than that. She said, okay, let me see if you pass another test. Ladies, you need to apply this in your life. I want to be with you. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to see if you could pass some character tests first. I want to see if you could pass some, some godliness tests first. I, I, I want to see if you go to church. Stop it. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I'm getting excited. And I get... So she grabs a bigger stick, and he's like, I got the stick. She's like, no, nah. and grabs a bigger stick. That's heavier than her, but this time, watch this, she goes seven to 5,000 feet high, not 15,000 feet. So now she gets a bigger stick, and it's a lower altitude. That means he's sweating because he's like, if I'm going to be her mate, i got to catch this at a heavier and a, a lower rate. So she's like, are you ready? He's like, I guess so. Drops the stick, and the eagle flies down, grabs it with the talons and wings before it hits the ground, and it flies up. And he's like... And she's like, speak to the wing, right? (laughs) She's like, okay, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. Watch this, watch this. I'm going to have one more test before you, before I can say yes to you. There's one more test that you got to get. Now, the whole, the whole time I could imagine the male ego has no clue why is she going through this test. He must really love her. All right? It's like wax on, wax off. Like, you know, teach me how to do karate. Paint this fence. Paint the fence, you know. And all of a sudden, the third one. Everybody say the third one. She said, if you really want to be with me, you're going to have to pass this one last test. She grabs basically a small tree. I'm joking, but it's, it's, not, it's a, a log that they say is about the size or more heavier than her whole body weight. And so she is struggling, and she's grabbing this, this thing, and she is, with all her might, watch this, watch this, all her might, she is grabbing this log, and she is looking at him, and he already knows. But this time, she flies up to 500 to 1,000 feet. That's it. It's a very short distance, and it's the heaviest 
of all the three logs, and it's the shortest of the distance. And when they're ready, he knows what's going to happen. She, he, she drops the log, and with all his might, he drives down, and he's grabbing that thing, and it's pulling him down. And with all his might, he's pulling himself back up and brings a log to him, to, to her, right? Right? So, uh, uh, so finally, when she gets this, she finally accepts him as the mate. So what's the lesson to all this? Why did I say this? The lesson to this is that the, the, the male eagle learns what every, every male learns every now and then is that it's impossible to please a woman. <laughs> Come on, man. I talked about the ladies. I'm just giving you a little shout out right now. Come on. No, no. That's not the lesson. That's not the lesson. That's not the lesson. The lesson is... <laughs> The lesson is that the mo- <laughs> the lesson is that the mother eagle watches stirs up the nest. Listen, he she has this test for a reason. I'm going to shout now. She said, "Okay, now we're ready to get married and have kids. Why? Why? Because now you passed the test, and now I want to know that I, as the female eagle, when I determine that those eaglets are ready to get out of the nest, that there's a father that is fast enough and strong enough to catch them and f- before they fall." I want to preach to someone this morning that you find yourself in a busted net season where everything is uncomfortable, you're squawking and it's hurting and you're getting worried and you're like, don't know what to do. You used to be in a strong season, now you're in the air and you're gasping for air and you're realizing, what is happening to me? What is this season? It's called the season of the busted nest and the brokenness where God is pushing you out because he knows that you have a father that could fly faster then you could fall. Oh, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. You have a father that can fly faster than you can fall. And why do I say that? Because some of you are in an uncomfortable season. I say this prophetically to you. You used to be in this strong season. Now, now you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the next step is going to be. You feel frustrated. You're unsure of yourself. You used to be in a nest and everything was good and provided for you. Now you got to work for it a little bit. Now you got to work your faith a little bit. But I'm here to tell you that it's all part of the goodness of God. That's why I had to explain that. The eagle is part of God's nature. If you find yourself in a place where you don't know what to do and you're confused and you're hurt, come on somebody, and you're, and you're, uh, you're flapping and squawking and, and worried, it's because God is trying to teach you how to go to a higher level. But he's trying to teach you that the reason he is allowing you to go through this season is because he's already built you with everything you need to survive in the next season. Did you hear what I just said? He's already built you with everything that you need to survive in the next season. Why? Look at this slide up. Everything you're going through now is preparing you to go higher in your next season. Everything that you're going through now is preparing you to go higher In the next season, I want to pause and say something. Don't waste this experience. Don't waste this experience in the prickly nest by giving in to all the temptations that the devil has. Because if you're in this season where you're in a prickly nest, you could have two things that you do. You could stay in that nest, and what happens when you stay in that nest, you'll keep receiving the pricks. 
And guess what happened? If you decide to stay in that nest because you're too comfortable or you're too scared to launch out, you'll become uh, uh, cranky. You'll become arrogant. You'll, you, you'll become a little bit confused. And you know what will start happening? You'll start giving in to temptations if you stay in that nest. If you stay in that nest and you, and you choose to complain while you're in the nest, the whole purpose that the father is removing and the mother's removing some of the comfortability in your life, life is because he wants you to use your wings to fly. There's some of you, you would never know that you had a gift until you got off that nest. Whoo. Listen, listen. There's a blessing in the broken nest. But the problem that I see that Moses saw in his congregation, and, and listen, and I see in the body of Christ, look, zoom in on me, is what I also see as a pastor in my congregation in some, which is this, what I call nest syndrome. Some of us ju- will refuse to get out of the nest. We're like, I ain't going to, we have folded wings as Christians. I ain't going to fly. I'm going to do that. I'm, I ain't going to accept that position of responsibility. All I want to do is come sit and receive. Sit and receive. There's a season for that. But there's many of you, you've been sitting and receiving. God is saying, why are you this way? Why are you feeling uncomfortable and cranky? Because he's removed all the cuddly stuff, and he wants you to do something about it. He wants you to do something about it. There is something about the brokenness. Why? Because the, the nest syndrome is the comfortability. Look at, this, look at this slide up there. I want you to see the picture of the Alaskan nest. Okay? Look at that. Put it up there in the order to have. There's, there's, now, I want you to see how huge this is. This is the Alaskan nest, okay, of the eagle. This, now, this is a huge eagle. And look how big that nest is, right? It's very big. It's very cozy. Very comfortable. Now, look at the next slide. Now, I want you to see the inside of it. Look at, look at how, how detailed the eagle, and look at the surrounding parts. They're, they're covered, they're all the little spiky parts or hard parts of the, of the nest are all covered. It took time for that eagle to get all these soft things for the bird. It is, listen, the nest is, is, is necessary in the beginning stages. God wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to stay in that nest. Some of us, we've been serving the Lord for 10 years, and we're still in that nest. But God says, no more. I want to remove that stuff. Look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. You'll see how, how comfy. Look how comfy that is. Everyone wants to stay in that place. We got, listen, we got, you could, you could take. God will bust up your nest to teach you how to fly. I said, God will bust up your nest. Put that up there. To teach you how to fly. Lord, I don't like the season of being uncomfortable. He's like, son, daughter, use the wings that I've given you. Use the mouth that I've given you. Use your prayer language that I've given you. Use, the, use your worship that I've given you. Use your anointing. Use the gifts that I've given you, the talents that I've given you. But many Christians are like, are, are, have folded wings, and they refuse to open up their wings while they're falling. Sorry. This pulpit is saying amen today. (laughs) And if you don't understand the lesson of the brokenness, you'll think that God is not kind. If you don't understand the season, the lesson of the broken nest where you feel uncomfortable and you feel vulnerable, it's because God is saying, you know why you feel vulnerable? Because you never had to use your faith before. Now you're going to use your faith. Listen, some of you are so comfortable that you don't even have to read the Bible. 
Uh-oh. You don't. Because everything is good. You got a new promotion in your job. You got something going good in your job. You got favor of the Lord. And you used to be desperate. But you are so comfortable now because you got the money now. You got the promotion. Can I preach a little bit? All right. You, 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 you got the income now. And you got the favor now. And some of you are so comfortable, you don't need God. You don't need to pray. Because you have a good house. You have a good children. You have a decent family. I'm not going to. Listen, listen, and you've become so comfortable in your season that you're in that you don't want challenges anymore. God had to bust my net in order for me to start RCC because I was comfortable, and comfortable means differently to me and you. But to me, it was I had everything good going for me, and as a preacher, one of the dreams for a preacher is just give me the mic and preach. I just want to preach, right? And so at OHOP, I was just preaching. I had no IRS laws that I have to deal with now. I don't have any payroll issues that I have to deal with now. I don't have problems with people telling me how to run the church now. I didn't have none of that. None of that. I was just preaching twice a month, and I was in the nest. And God was like, you're eating too much here, and there's other people that need your yes. You know why God is taking you out of the nest? It's because other people can only be hit, be, be touched by what you're going to bring them. Unless he, unless he brings you out of the nest, they won't get touched. God had to bust my nest and break my nest, and I was all comfortable, and I was doing good, and hey, listen, everybody loves me, and then God says, I want you to start RCC. I said, oh, my, my, no, I don't know, I don't know, and he gave me all these confirmations, some of you guys know this, but here's the problem that I had. I didn't want to be uncomfortable, and boy, when I started the church, all this uncomfortable started happening, but you know what was happening? He was strengthening my feathers. Little did I know, he was strengthening my wings. And as he pushed me out, I had a choice either to fall or spread my wings and fly. And I stepped out in faith. And I said, here comes nothing. And I had the confirmation of God. I started RCC. And here we are five years later in a building that's ours. Come on, somebody. Because of the blessing of uncomfortability. Some of you are comfortable to your own fault. You've become too comfortable in your season. Some of us will never go higher in the things of God until we become uncomfortable. Everybody say, Lord, I give you permission to break up my nest. The tendency in the nest is to sit back. Listen to this. Some of, look at that. Some of us will never go higher in the things of God until our nest becomes uncomfortable. Some of you are uncomfortable with me right now. That's a sign God is busting up your nest. If you're constantly, if you're constantly uncomfortable with messages like this, constantly uncomfortable, listen, rejoice. Seriously, I'm, I'm not saying this. Rejoice. God is allowing you to expose your heart because in the time of kicking out of the nest, your heart will truly be revealed in that season. Your, your frustrations, sorry, reverse. The attitude of your heart will reveal your inner frustrations. So really, you're, you're taking it out on, on the pastor, you're taking it out on the church, when really, it's because you're not flying. I love, thank you, Jesus. 
and you get cranky and blame everybody else while you're sitting in the pew. I want to say this. This is powerful because when the eaglet is falling from the nest, they look foolish to others. Mm. Can, I, can I preach a little bit? While they're falling, while they're falling to the other birds, they look foolish. While they're falling and trying to learn how to flap and what is going on with me. I was in the nest and all of a sudden, and the father eagle waits to the last minute and picks him back up and says, you're going to do it again. Puts him in the nest and like, ow, oh, ow, ow, ow. And the voice of the Lord is saying, I want you to start, a, be, a, be a volunteer in the church. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't think I'm ready. I'm just going to receive and receive and receive. And God says, it's time. Remember, the mother determines the time, not you. The, it's not you. The, the Lord says, it's now time to get pushed out. Start using your gift. I don't want to. Let's do it again. Ah! And to other people, you look foolish. Here's the thing that I'm going to try to say. Are you willing to look foolish just a little bit for the things that God is trying to tell you to do? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I want the, altar, I want the ministry to come up here. I'm, I'm just going to view the worship team, Sammy, and then you can still listen from, from, from up there. And you know what's interesting? Listen, listen, listen. This is interesting. You look foolish. The, the, the eaglets look foolish when they're falling to other people. Watch this. Not to the father. Not to the mother. This is all part of the process. And you look at yourself like, what's wrong with me? Why am I in this season? Why, uh, why is everything like not going right? And why am I cranky? Why are things not working? Why am I dying? God's trying to get you to use your faith. Listen, because before everything was provided for you. Watch this. Watch this. There's a season that everything is provided for you. Now God says, you get the fork, you get the knife, and you cut your meat. Right? Now watch this. To others. Everybody say to others. While the eaglet is falling, they look foolish. Listen, I need you to hear me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the best for last. Some of you, in your mind, you think, like, I, am, I look like such a fool right now. Some of you feel like, I just, I am such a mess right now. Watch this. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? That once you decide to get out of your nest, the biggest critics are the birds that want to stay in the nest. <laughs> once you decide to say, okay. I'm going to get out of the nest of comfortability. I'm going to serve a little bit. I'm going to use my faith a little bit. I'm not just going to sit down. I'm going to get out of being uncomfortable, but I'm going to use my talents and gifts, and I'm going, to, I'm, going to be, I'm going to do something for God. When you decide to get out of your nest and, and you're squabbling and, and, and looking weird to others, not to God, the biggest critics you will have are the birds that decided to stay in the nest. Those birds that decide to stay in the nest, they'll say stuff like this. Like, oh, look at him. Look at her. And they're all being pricked at the same time. Oh, 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 oh. And they get all cranky. And all of a sudden, someone wants to launch out of that nest. And they're like, look at them. They think, look, why are you dreaming so big, Pastor Joe? Why, Enrique, why are you dreaming like that? You don't have the talent to do that. Why are you thinking of that? You're going to fail. You're going to look foolish if you do that. You're going to do this. Listen, listen. I can imagine. That's what, they, that's what they said to David. David, all he's doing was getting instructions from the father to go to the brothers and then see what's going on in the battle. And so he sees and goes there in the battle and he gets stirred. And his brothers are like, I know why you're doing this. You're just prideful. Right? Remember that? 
You, you just, you know what David was doing? God was pushing him out of the nest. And his brothers, who were all afraid of Goliath, were in that nest. But they were the biggest critics of David. I know your heart, you're prideful of heart. I know why you're here. You just want to be seen. And he's like, is there not a cause? Don't you see that giant defiling the people of God and you guys are doing nothing? You know what's interesting? The big, listening, the biggest critics of those who launch out of the nest are the ones who are still in the nest. You know what I find? Just a little lower, just a little lower on that. You know what I find? That the people that criticize you the most are the people that are never doing what you're doing. The people that have criticized me the most have never pioneered a church. And I take, I take criticism. As a matter of fact, you could ask my leadership team what I did a, a, two months ago. And I say this just to bring balance. I was in a meeting and I said, I closed my, my, my notes and I said, I want you guys to tell me what you are, everything that you're frustrated about the ministry and about me. I want you to tell me what you're frustrated about, about me. Of course, you have to have, you have to know who you are in Christ to accept that kind of bullets, right? But that's to give you a balance that I'm not without criticism. But I find that the people that criticize you the most are people that have never do, are not doing what you're doing. People that have never pioneered a church have criticized me the most, and they never pioneered a church. They never stepped out and risked everything. I risked everything, everything. Some of you know you started a business from nothing. And the people that are criticizing you are the people that have never, I'm not talking about taking a position with someone else. I'm talking about starting from scratch. When someone starts from scratch and they've been through a couple things and they start flat and they've, got, they've grown their wings and they've gone through some cuts and they've gone through some stuff, those are the people that I'm going to listen to. Why? Because they also jumped out the nest. I'm here to say something. It's better to fail trying to fly than to sit in your nest and die. It's better to fail trying to fly than to sit in your nest and die. <laughs> the four lepers in the, book, in the Old Testament, they said, looked at each other and said, why do we sit here till we die? We're going to die anyways. Our nose are falling off. Our hands are falling off. We're about to die. Might as well go to the enemy's camp and get back what the enemy stole from us. And they did. Those four lepers, while they're dying, they're like, I'm not going to stay here till, I, till we die. I'm going to get out of my nest. Some of you, I want to say this prophetically. Just because you get out of your nest doesn't mean that you're going to be comfortable right away. You're going to be uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, listen to me. Every person that steps out in a new, higher level in God, in the season that you're in. Maybe God has been speaking to you to sing and you haven't sang for a long time. Maybe God is speaking to you to be a discipler because you have a gift of discipleship. Maybe God is telling you to turn away from those sins that you've been doing, those open doors. And it, because it's time that he wants to use you for his glory and you're just sitting down. Now listen to this, listen to this. This is one thing that I almost saved for last here. One of the reasons why people are afraid to fly is because they got hurt in the nest. Because those things rub on them and hurt on them. So they think, if I go out, I'm going to watch this. This is key. In the nest, 
when the, lo- when the eagle removes that fluffy stuff, they get pricked. Right? It's a motivation to get out of that comfortability. But watch this. The people that translate that in their head as the Father allowed this to happen. He's not a kind God. Watch this. Hear me. And now I'm hurting. I'm hurting. They won't take that leap of faith out the nest because they feel they're going to get hurt in the next season. So when someone gets hurt by another church, by another leader, by another uh, person that they look up to, when they go to the next church, what happens is there's a tendency to not want to get out of the nest because they're fearful that that hurt will happen again. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen today. The reason why people don't get involved, some of them, is because not because they don't want to, because they're afraid of being vulnerable again and getting hurt again. Oh, God. I feel like I'm not trying to spoil the spirit, but it's like every time I, I see us trying to launch and people criticizing the people that are trying to step out, and, and if you're hurt in another season or you recently got hurt, here's a bird for you. The Lord is busting your net so that you can not only fly, but that you could be healed. Hear me what I'm saying. The Lord is breaking up your nest not only so you can fly. So in the breaking up of the nest, you'll realize, I got wings. The wings of healing. When I step out, I'm not only going to soar, but I'm going to be healed. That song, Arise on Healing Wings. This is, this is a powerful thing. And I think, of, I think of that movie Dumbo. You know Dumbo when he's trying to fly. He has these big old ears. And, and, and the mouse is saying, look, look, we have an idea. He could fly. Look at his ears. And they're like, I've seen a dragon fly. <laughs> I've seen a house fly. But I've been done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. And they're mocking Dumbo, and Dumbo's all messed up, you know, and they're all laughing at him. But he flew. They're mocking him, right? I want to say this lovingly. If you find yourself sitting for a long season, and you find yourself a little frustrated, it's because the Father has determined it is time. It's time for you to get healed. It's time for you to get out that nest. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. I want you to look at the next slide, the last slide. There's some gifts, gifts, everybody say gifts, that will never be discovered until we take the risk of leaving the nest of comfortability. Listen to me. I'm going to read it again. Some of us will never fully discover the potential of our God-given gifts until we take the risk of leaving the nest of comfortability. Listen to this. Some of you would never know that you have a gift of speaking until you stepped out and spoke. (laughs) Big revelation. Some of you never knew that you had the gift of writing until you started to write. Some of you never knew you had a gift of leadership until you started an organization or you started a business. And then you realize, I have a gift of leadership. But some of you would never know that 
if you stay to the nest. You would never know the gift and the potential of God if you were just waiting for everybody else to do what God has called you to do. I look at this room and I see people from all over and I see potential as your pastor, but I also see the things of the Spirit and I see many of you that are attempting to fly and you're in a season that you're being used by God, but it's okay. You're being used by God. Don't worry about those critics. You look foolish to them, but you don't, foolish, you don't look foolish to God. But then there's some of you that you're sitting in your nest and you've been, and, and the nests have been removed for a long time, and you've been in an uncomfortable place, I'm going to prophesy to you, the reason you're uncomfortable is because he's waiting for you to finally use what he gave you. I'm going to say this to you lovingly. And some of you, you're scared to fly because the nest hurt previously. Your previous season, remember what I said, nest equals season. Your previous season brought a lot of hurt. So, I don't want to get hurt, watch this, in this season. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I looked at him in the eyes, and I said, I heard that you were a leader in your other church, and, and, and you did this in your other church. They said, yes. I said, it's time for you to rise up. And they looked at me, and they, they kind of said, yes. I said, you're afraid, aren't you? And they nodded their head. Why? Because they got hurt from their previous church. And the previous church tried to clip their wings, but little did they know they had full wings. Come on, to do the work of the Lord. Do the work of the Lord. God is wanting you to mount up as wings, as eagles. Come on. God is wanting you. I'm here, the Lord, saying, I am hovering above the nest. I've been there all the time. I've been circling. And you may think that you're falling and you're flapping and you're squabbling and you're saying, Lord, what is this season that I'm in? I thought you spoke to me. I thought you said to come out. Why is all this happening when you said to launch and I'm doing this, I'm doing my ministry, I'm doing my business, and all these things are happening. I'm being obedient to you. Why? Because he's stirring the nest. But I want to encourage you, there's a heavenly father that has been watching above and he flies faster than you could fall. And it's better to fail flying than to die in the nest. It's time for us as a church of Jesus Christ to respond to the call of the busted, broken nest. It may be broken, but it doesn't mean it's unfixable. When I say broken, it means uncomfortable. I want us to stand up right now. Come on. All over this place. I believe God is calling us higher. Come on. I believe God is calling us higher. I want you to lift up your hands before the Lord today. And I'm going to ask the Lord to identify if you've been in a comfortable season. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.